Commencing countdown. Three, two, one. This is the Contracting Experience. Connecting government contracting professionals to the world around them through conversations with acquisition influencers, insights into evolving hot topics, and sharing lessons learned from the field. In this episode, we sit down with two Air Force contracting professionals leading the adoption and transition to Con IT, Mr. Jay Olson from SAF AQCI and Mr. Dan Parrish from AFMC PKNB. The gentlemen outlined the top three things teams should be doing to prepare for the transition to Con IT. They also talk about recent successes on the program and opportunities for e-business at the strategic level. So today we're welcoming back two former podcast guests that they are both leading the adoption and transition efforts for Con IT. The first one is Dan Parrish. He's at Air Force Material Command PK, and he actually was on episode number two of the podcast in October 2018, talking about the rollout of Con IT. And then Jay Olson from SAP AQC, who was on the podcast in November of 2021, and that was episode 33. So welcome back to the podcast, guys. Hey, thanks for having me back. For sure. So, so Dan, I'm going to encourage folks to go back and listen to those episodes if they want some more details. So that's episode number two and number 33. But can you describe for those that aren't familiar with Con IT yet, what Con IT is and what it means for Air Force contracting? Sure, Amber. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so so ConIT uh, essentially is uh, Air Force's next generation contract writing system. Um, we have uh, and, and had several legacy contract writing systems that, um, in the end, will be replaced by ConIT. We had the standard procurement system that uh, back in 2018 was migrated into ConIT, and that's been in use since then. We have ConWrite uh, that is used by the weapon systems community, the R&D community, the test community, and um, we are intensely working that today to prepare that, um, you know, those organizations to uh, get ready to migrate over into ConIT. And lastly, we have the automated contract preparation system or ASIPS that is used at Robbins Hill and Tinker. And that will be the last uh, contract writing system that will migrate. But, um, you know, this this will be a unique thing for the Air Force because eventually we will have one contract writing system uh, for the entire Air Force. And, you know, it's huge benefits as far as data visibility for the Air Force and for what Jay does and his team, as well as for DOD. Um, and, and just in general, um, you know, there will be no need to have to, you know, as you rotate to new positions, there'll be no need to have to learn a new tool as you go. I mean, you'll, you'll have the same system. Um, so, I mean, a big, uh, you know, a big step forward for modernization. So, so Amber, this is, is, is just to just sprinkle a little bit on top of that, I, I agree with everything that Dan's saying there. And, and one, one way that I look at Con IT is, is that it's more than just 
something that we use as a, a way of building a PDF with a contract. It is a very powerful weapon system in its own right that makes it possible for us to have interoperability. And Dan mentioned DOD and, and a number of others that, that we work with. Um, it provides for transacting data and, and providing the details of those contracts all the, to all of our different partners, whether that means it's DFAS, Defense Finance and Accounting Service, or um, or DCMA, the Defense Contract Management Agency, uh, other agencies that have interest in in getting the nuggets from what we have in our contracts. There's there's a lot of power that ConIT brings there, and um, and it's way beyond just producing a pretty PDF of the contract. And this is also a major vehicle that we've had to re-engineer our business processes. And and as we've been building ConIT for the past several years now, um, we we have been taking a look at how we do business differently across our various different centers, from the Space Force, the Air Force, to even others outside of, of the Department of the Air Force. We have a number of different ways that even though the FAR and the DFARs may say that you need to do XYZ things, there's a lack of um, instruction often that in terms of how we would actually define and, and handle the business processes so that we can collect the information that's needed to, to trade it with the various other interested parties throughout the entire procure to pay cycle. And by procure to pay, I mean from the moment that a requirement is a twinkle in somebody's eye to, to actually being a validated requirement to having funding approved for that requirement to having that funding provided to the contracting office to put on contract to, um, to, to actually having the contract awarded and, and having the accounting systems updated to, to know that the obligations have been recorded to paying out the contract and, and, and accepting inspecting and having the contract closed out and recording to the treasury that everything's done, et cetera. The, all those different pieces that we don't necessarily see from our lens every day on the procurement side because we're in the thick of negotiations or whatever it might be, ConIT is a huge enabler for for that and all the different uh, activities that we have that, that take place across the entire procurement life cycle. Yeah, I appreciate you both going into, you know, what ConIT is and just as benefits. And Jay, you had referenced, you know, being our weapon system for Air Force acquisition and our mission partners. And I think that just speaks to the importance of, you know, understanding this this topic and how it's going to impact our organizations and our mission partners. And so um, I think this is just a great episode for people to hear, for people to kind of hear what's what's the latest and what's going on, because this is a process, right? And implementing this system is a process. And so I think that's a really good start to just this conversation and helping people understand the importance of it. Yeah, you know, it's something that I, I don't communicate often enough. I've worked in multiple program offices for various different weapon systems, and there's nothing different about building ConIT than, it, than there is to build the platform that you choose. Uh, we do all the systems engineering, we do all the requirements definition, we do all the testing, all the different things in supporting a fielded product, et cetera, that whether it's a, a system that has metal or if it's an electronic system or business system like this, there, there's every degree of complexity that comes along with this program. 
and what we do and interoperating with other programs and dealing with obsolescence issues, et cetera, that, that come along with Con IT as, as happens with every other program that's in the portfolio for, for the department, uh, whether that's satellites or whether it's aircraft or, or whatever it might be that we're purchasing. For sure. All right, Jay. So Air Force installation contracting organizations have been successfully using Con IT for a few years. What other successes have we achieved in the program? Yeah, so, so almost four years to the day, we finished deploying Con IT uh, to the to the last site that in the operational contracting community and replaced SPS, which was a fantastic effort. And and since then, the program has matured tremendously. There's been so many things that have been done. As as everybody probably knows, when we started off Con IT, uh, it was it was a bit rocky at first, just because. We were scaling the system way beyond what the, the prior use case was for what we'd inherited. So there was a lot of work that had to take place behind the scenes under, under the hood for the better part of about two years or so. And uh, so I, I have to really throw a lot of credit to, to Mark Wagner and the great work that he did in, in steering the ship at that time and, and making it possible for everything that we've done since because they did do a lot of behind the scenes work to make the system more scalable. Now, I'm not saying that, that all that work is done. There's still a lot of work that we have to do behind the scenes that regular users will never even know took place, uh, but that are, that are just foundational things for the system. But, but that in its, in its own right is a huge accomplishment, I think. Um, but beyond that, Con IT has been used for, all kinds of things. And, and, and think about the world and, and where we've been over the past couple of years. It supported our ability to work from home for, for the supporting COVID. Uh, it allowed us to be the leader across the federal government for, for our response to COVID. Uh, it helped us basically reconstitute, reconstitute Tyndall in the face of a hurricane. Um, we, we've had a number of different successes there and from supporting four end of the fiscal years so far successfully um, to, to just supporting the field across the entire enterprise from operational contracting to one of the major milestones we've had is, is two years ago, we started our transition effort from Conright. Uh, so, so we had successfully moved about 50 DODACs uh, through our swivel chair efforts where folks are operating parallel systems, both Conrite and ConIT at the same time. So two years into that, we've, we've had a significant degree of success there because people are using the system even outside of operational contracting now. Um, we replaced O-Contracts, which is one of the lesser known contract writing systems that we had, but that's used in the contingency environment, no longer used in the contingency environment. So um, ConIT is taking over that mission set as well. And uh, from the development standpoint, there's just been a huge amount of work, not just from the technical debt that I'd mentioned, but adding new capabilities. We, uh, we addressed things that were necessary to start working on the replacement for Conright. So uh, concurrent modifications, one of the things that we recognized very early on from our work with AFMC and, uh, and scouting out the various different capability gaps in ConIT was that we had in our major program offices, often you'd have a situation where many buyers and PCOs would be operating on the exact same contract at the same time. And ConIT wasn't really out of the box capable of doing what we needed it to do there. But now 
I can have five or six different buyers working on the same contract, working on different mods. Um, and, and that is something that has been implemented and was a huge deal. Um, we've architected Con IT to now support ELINs. And so there will be quite a bit of change, the changes that come to folks who need ELINs for whether it's aircraft production, sustainment, um, or any other use case for that matter. But, but there's something there that we had a major lift on. Um, supporting multiple deliveries, that, that's been a huge deal as well, as well as uh, allowing for, for Maypacks for, for our FMS side of the house. There's been just a, a huge degree of work, that, things that people have accomplished on our team and in our partnership with AFMC and the various different subject matter experts that we brought in from the field to, to make it possible to have the, the system stabilized from, from its inception to having it really having us scale it to more users, to building out new capabilities in order to, to really realize the vision of having a single system and, and keep moving in that direction. Yeah, Amber and if I could uh, jump in uh, just a second on, just to touch on a couple things that, that Jay mentioned. One, uh, you know, just to get a, a flavor, the, the swivel chair that he mentioned is really a huge step because like, like he said, it, you know, we built the system, it, it initially went in for uh, operational contracting but because of how it can be used, um, you know, if you can hit the internet, you can use Con IT. Um, we have, you know, many, many sites within the weapon system community and now within the logistics business environment um, using Con IT. And what that does is just ease the burden as far as migrating folks, getting folks trained. So the learning curve, you know, goes away when when we eventually deploy there. Um, that's that's just a big change from I think how we have developed and and um, you know um, fielded systems in the past. The other thing I would touch on is you know as we work with our business partners out there, the logistics community, the financials. They understand and have, they understand the processes that um, we are all kind of sharing. And so the discussions there be behind the scenes, um, because of the advent of, of getting Con IT out there and working, I think we're all, uh, at least as we all modernize, we're, we're walking towards the same goals and have the same steps. The data is going to be there. Um, as it is already, uh, it's going to be, um, you know, much more accurate and, and people can rely on that data much more than they have in the past because it's, it's being, um, you know, what comes out of Con IT is, is according to the DOD data standards. So, you know, this is just a big um, step forward for, for everyone. And, and a lot of what Jay is talking about and his team is doing just a, a tremendous job on developing and getting ready all the new functionalities that he mentioned. Um, so the weapons community can come on and use the system and it will be ready and, and be, um, you know, able to do the job that they need. Dan, you mentioned migration. I understand you recently had a dress rehearsal for Conright to Con IT data migration for PZI at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. 
What are some of the things you found during that migration that the workforce should know? Yeah, it's, uh, first of all, I guess the, the easiest uh, thing to say is, you know, it, it is going to be work. Um, the migration is uh, from an older system like Conright into a new system. Um, you know, it, it's going to be an effort on everybody's part. Um, the one thing we did find, though, in addition to what we're doing with ConIT, there's been a lot of work done on with Conright and its migration tool, which is called Endgame. And we're finding that, you know, those tools work. Um, we were able to successfully uh, mock migrate uh, contracts um, into ConIT. Again, this was a, you know, in a mock situation, but the tools work. Um, there is going to be, you know, some, some work um, as, as PZI and other organizations go into it. But, um, you know, I, I think the, the first lesson is, you know, we've, we've come a long way and, and yes, these tools that have been built for this are working. Uh, the next, uh, you know, I would say the second thing that, that clearly comes out is um, if you are in the workforce, if you're in the organizations like PZI and others that, you know, certainly have been in swivel chair and will, you know, will migrate, um, and, you know, eventually, um, you know, close and retire your contracts. Um, the, the more effort you put into um, getting contracts retired, the, the better off, the, the easier the migration will be because ConIT will not migrate contracts that are retired, obviously. Um, you know, the more you close out, the better off you will be because, you know, our focus, our focus initially is, is obviously on getting those active contracts into ConIT. Um, but I would say the third thing uh, that really came to mind if, if I'm a CEO and buyer is really know what your contracts are. Um, you know, there's there, we know the workforce is out there, you know, they're, they are, um, you know, working hard at, at the contracts in front of them, but really know what's in them as far as how they're constructed, as far as, uh, you know, the clause structure, those kinds of things because there could be through the process of, of migration, um, you know, things that will pop back that you'll need to check on, you may need to fix, um, those kinds of things. So, so know what's in them um, so that the process will go easier. Um, Jay, what were your thoughts about uh, coming out of that meeting? I, I think you nailed it, Dan. I, I, and I'm just going to amplify and echo the closeout message there that the more closeout or contracts that we retire, and, and by retire, I mean that they're not just physically complete and that they just, the contracts collect dust somewhere, but that we have actually gone through the entire process, completing the DD 1594 um, or having the motto closed out at EDA or, or whatever the mechanism might be, the more contracts that we can retire completely. Uh, the better off we're going to be because many of these contracts are going to require multiple, multiple modifications to, to get them well. So for example, contracts may need to be modified in Conright. Um, then they're going to need to be modified in an in interim environment once they go to ConIT. And then they're going to have to be modified again when we bring them into the, into the production environment at ConIT. 
And sometimes we're going to learn new things as we go. Uh, that's something that we learned when we migrated SPS and, and no contracts that, that there's going to be many times where we go back and say, yeah, we know we thought we had this contract right. Um, but here's another thing that you need to go issue another mod for. So the more contracts that we can close out, the more we can avoid that type of situation and having to deal with, with some of the, the data errors and the things that just might not make con IT work right proper and properly for those contracts. We can get the contracts into Con IT, but frankly, what worries me the most is then what? Once they're in Con IT and they need to keep using the the contract to, to for the performance resumes and they need to keep modifying the contract. Um, what we want to do is make sure that we have the contracts brought up to where they need to be for compliance standpoint, so that Con IT behaves as expected and that we don't have last minute crises as we're trying to get some important ECP out the door or something along those lines. So closeout is the single most uh, important and best thing that we could do to, to mitigate risk as, as we go forward. And, and to, if you're in one of those swivel chair sites um, to, to maximize Con IT and write new contracts in Con IT and stop making load for us to bring over to Con IT from Conright. Um, the other thing that I'll mention and I'll pepper on here is that we have recently stood up a support infrastructure. And uh, so, so there will be significant work on the execution offices side to implement the changes and, and close out contracts, et cetera. Um, but they won't be alone in this. There's a significant amount of documentation that's been created to help folks with the common problems and, and that type of thing. But then we're, we're working to stand up what we're calling the, the change engine migration backshop. And the idea behind this backshop is that we're going to have a group of folks who know both con IT and con right very well. And that they've, uh, they've gained some battle scars by working through the PZI migration and some of the other sites to follow to be able to anticipate and work through resolution of issues so I expect that the backshop itself will be consulting with various different offices to help give them a heads up on the types of things that they're noticing and uh, working through, helping them through various different issues that might arise uh, through a ticketing system, for example. And uh, so, so folks won't be on their own in, in this transition, but I also want to just convey that I fully expect, especially as we get started here, that there will be bumps in the road and that there are going to be new things that we learn as we go just because of the 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 vast complexity and an array of different types of things that we do across the both the Air Force and Space Force um, that we haven't anticipated every single thing that that could we could have to overcome. But I think that we've done a lot of good work over the past few years to to really anticipate as much as possible. And uh, so so I really have to thank AFMC, PKN for their leadership with this, LCMC, and, and specifically LCMC, PZCY, and their leadership in this, um, and, and also our, our partners with the ConIT and ConRight PMOs, because um, there's been a lot of testing and, and work done in the background, but it's not infallible. I know that we're going to work through these issues, but again, close out contracts, close, 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 and by close, I mean retire. That will help us. Uh, to facilitate the transition in the least painless way, or at least painful way possible. All right. So, Jay, what are the next steps in the program 
what can we expect in 2023? So, so first I'll, I'll do a shameless plug for our AQCI town hall. So, so each quarter we're engaging and we've done two of them now and I anticipate that we'll continue doing them. We'll engage with the field and uh, show the various different capabilities that have been developed, what's on the horizon and, and more of a, real-time kind of way because we are using the agile development process to, to build con IT and things do change and, and they change off. So we're using that as a communication mechanism to, to bring folks up to speed. Um, we just did one. It's posted on Air Force Contracting Central and a link to the AQCI the tile on the front page and you could go to the contracting modernization site through SharePoint there as well. Um, so that's first and foremost how people will get this news. But what's coming in 23, here, here just uh, some brief previews here. So, so we've been talking about data migration. It's here. And that's going to be really a top of mind as, as we start kicking off January. That's when we're going to, no kidding, start moving contracts from PZI, from their Conrad instances over to, over to ConIT. Um, once we finish PZI, our plan is to follow in the footsteps of what we did for swivel chair for the most part. There may be a couple exceptions that we end up making, but the idea being that PZI and, and Edwards, for example, were some of the first adopters for swivel chair. We're going to start with those folks um, for data migration. So at some point here, as, as we start working through the issues with, uh, with PZI, we're going to start lining up the parallel track to start working with the folks out at Edwards um, and, and work on some AFTC work and, and, and get that in motion. So that's, that's huge because this is something that we've been working towards for uh, working for, for a very long time. And uh, so now we have the hooks in con IT to make it possible uh, through the development efforts that we've done. We have the hooks in Conright, as Dan had mentioned Endgame, but also Conright itself. We're going to deploy a new version, an updated version of Conright in the very near future. It's going to be Conright 7.7. There will be some things in there that, is, uh, that will facilitate migration. Um, and there will be some things that, that we have to use to address some of the cleanup activities that, that will be required for migration. Um, specifically, the supplies and services, uh, templates for cleanse. There, there's going to be some work there, we think. Um, and, and more to come on that. If you come to our town halls, we'll, we'll just do a teaser there and then we'll provide some more information there. Um, so, so migration is huge. Not only that, we're going to continue working on our efforts for swivel chair. So I mentioned that we have somewhere around 50 Dodacs that have at least some presence in ConIT from Conright, uh, that Conright community. And we have another 50 or so to go. And um, there are very few things that ConIT doesn't do for most procurement organizations. So we're going to continue expanding uh, with, with Swivel Chair. And it's time to get folks in, uh, if at all possible, so that we can get them going with building new contracts in ConIT, having their accounts set up, getting their training, and, and doing all the different risk reduction activities that are required. So just anecdotally here, if I, we were looking at PZI last week for their data migration. Very few contracts have been issued out of Conright since um, they, they started Swivel Chair two years ago, which is great because now that means that we've really clipped off Conright and, and all the new stuff is being made in ConIT. Um, that is going to seriously decrease how much we have to worry about in the transition process. 
So I want to scale that to other other divisions, other SPOs, other office, program offices out there to start doing the same thing because Con IT is largely capable. Um, now, from the contract side, the, the main capability that's missing today and something that we're about to get started on is undefined size contract action. And so that's that's something that is highly complex. It's something that we've worked with. Uh, Dan mentioned the procurement data standard. We've worked with DPC uh, to, to build out the capabilities within the data standards. So now ConIT can be built to handle undefined contract action. Uh, so, so I anticipate that we're going to be starting that in the coming months in parallel with all these other efforts that we're doing. Um, that's really the last key effort that will need to be done for unclassified contracts. So in addition to that, we're going to have uh, classified work continue to be under, underway for um, for ConIT as well. So the past two years or so, we've been doing a risk reduction effort for that. To, for people who currently operate, say, Conrite in a in a in a skiff, that um, that that we would have them now working on on the ConIT side. Now, there's a lot of variables there because we have a, a huge amount of complexity to that particular problem. But we have demonstrated that ConIT can work. In an environment that is not on Nippernet, that that does not need to talk to the various other different systems. So that's 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 great. We're going to continue advancing that effort in 23, and uh, the RCO, the Rapid Capabilities Office, that that is that is the first uh, target there of uh, of getting that that capability deployed, and then we'll continue working throughout the enterprise on that. Um, in addition, we're going to start working on grants and cooperative agreements. So there's there's a huge effort that's taking place at OSD right now to have the data architecture uh, put forward. And I think that we have something that we could start using for our development efforts on ConIT because ConIT does not uh, support grants or cooperative agreements right now at all. So we're going to continue working on that. And, and I know I'll get a question about other transactions, so I may as well address that as well. Um, we're not building other transactions into Con IT in 2023. However, there is groundwork that's being laid with a new data standard at OSD on that as well. So um, in the future, in future years, probably a couple years out, I think that it'll be possible to support OTs, other transactions as well. Um, other than that, there's going to be a whole, whole slew of different capabilities that we add to the system with Con IT. Um, and, and we're also continuing to partner with, with others in the enterprise, in the larger DOD enterprise, as, uh, as, as we support efforts for PIEE, for the Procurement Integrated Enterprise Environment, for PI, as you may call it, um, and, and working with that and ConIT together. As, as in 2023, one of the items that, that our, uh, our program office is working on is getting ConIT cloud hosted. And we're going to be working with the the Pi folks to try to get single sign-on, and and that probably won't be accomplished totally in 23, but will certainly be well on the path, so that we have a single destination, which is Pi, and and ConIT will be part of that universe as the contract writing capability that complements all the other different capabilities that exist at Pi. So that's my perspective. I think that Dan probably has a number of other things that he could add. Um, from AFMC perspective, but there, there's just a lot of irons in the fire, and it's, it's super exciting to be part of. Yeah, Jay, you you hit on all the main the main ones. Um, I would just say, as a team, 
the other thing that will continue into 23 is our outreach to our business partners, right? We continually talk with um, FM about what they're doing with, with Deems and FRC and other uh, areas that they're modernizing. We continually talk with uh, our A4 partners on the modernization efforts, um, you know, that they're doing. And as I mentioned before, you know, the idea is to make sure we are not going in different directions, that, that they're modernizing in a way that will be complementary to how we're modernizing. And, and all the, um, you know, the, the, the piping that happens behind the scenes all will work together so that in the end, when you have a requirement flowing electronically, it will flow right into Con IT. We will award it. It will flow easily and electronically uh, into the downstream payment systems. And, and all those systems get fed, including into DOD, so that, you know, you will not have to worry about manually inputting over and over, which, which as we all know, um, brings mistakes and errors with it. So that effort will also continue through 23 and, and beyond. Well, I appreciate you guys sharing. There's obviously a lot of moving parts with this. And I think just hearing, you know, the different parts that maybe the people on the field don't hear every day just gives an appreciation for the complexity of it and also just the amount of change is going to be happening. But also it's good to understand that so you, people can be prepared when it when it comes to their offices, when they're in the middle of it, um, and just trying trying to stay patient with the process. So Dan, uh, for folks who aren't on the horizon to finish their transition to Con IT within the next year. What is your advice to them to make the transition easier later? Yeah, so this kind of ties into our earlier discussion um, that both Jay and I, I mentioned. So retire your contract, right? So um, go in, close and retire as many contracts as you can. Um, you know, and, and I know folks, you know, are cognizant of that and, and, and do that. But but that is really a, the first main step. If, if we can retire those, get them out of Conright, um, we won't have to worry about those at all when we get to migration. Um, when, you know, closing out, getting, uh, you know, the ULOs taken care of, getting all of that taken care of, to me, those are just huge first steps in, in preparing for, um, you know, eventually migrating into Con IT. Um, I think Jay mentioned, you know, 23 and beyond, we're looking at going swivel chair into more locations. So, you know, that means for, for the management, um, assessing what you do and then, you know, can, can I use Con IT? And as we develop more capabilities into Con IT, um, you know, both with, um, you know, the uh, UFERS uh, and ELIN and all that capability that's coming into ConIT, we will see more and more sites at least able to to become swivel chair. That is that is also a huge first step to to get ConIT in, get a new awards in into ConIT and get people used to using that new system. Um, but that, you know, as, as we get uh, you know, follow on more units in there. And again, for, for the workforce is to 
you know, first of all, listen to Jay's um, town hall, get get more information on what's coming. Um, secondly, uh, I mentioned earlier, know your contracts, um, you know, work through those, make sure that, that you know, we are building contracts in accordance with FAR and DFARs and, and, and the way that they should be uh, constructed. And then, you know, again, back to retire contracts, back to getting those closed and, and working those efforts um, to make that eventual migration um, an easier, I won't say easy, but at least easier process. Jay, what, what are your thoughts? I, I have nothing to add to that, Dan. Uh, we are singing the same song. All right, great. So last question, Jay. What are some of the key opportunities and challenges for e-business at the strategic level? So, so in fact, right now, I am out in uh, Colorado meeting with uh, the Army and the Navy and DLA and, and EPC and another number of folks to talk about contract writing and, and share information and, and our, the way that we do things with those different services and components. Um, I think that that's going to continue. We just signed an MOU, a Memorandum of Understanding, with the other different agencies at the PEO level for the different business enterprise system organizations, along with the the functional leads. So, um, so ADASI in our case, and uh, so we're going to continue our collaborative and sharing information and and working with the other different partners across the the DoD. That's that's the first opportunity I see. Um, the challenge with that, of course, is going to be business process reengineering and all the work that is involved with that because there's a number of things that we do differently, right? And so we're going to be working through um, the various different pieces as we define requirements and work through architecting the system. Um, otherwise, and that's that's a really kind of T-centric view of things, but from a broader e-business perspective, I think that the, the key challenge in my mind is making sure that we continue to develop talent who um, that, that's capable of doing this type of work. And that requires very strong contracting acumen, but also uh, an IT flair to it. And, and, and not necessarily IT, IT, but like just business systems and, and, and uh, being able to look at data and understand how the, the pieces of all these different systems fit together with data as the glue. And uh, so I'm really excited about the work that AFMC, PKN has been doing in terms of building out these contract data specialist positions. Um, and, and they now have position descriptions. And, and we're starting to, to make it so that we don't just have a couple people across this vast enterprise that have... Um, have the knowledge that's needed to continue bringing us in and in further into the future. So I think that there's tremendous opportunity, but also challenge there as we give folks uh, who are interested and who have met the, the requirements and also uh, that, that are you know, going to be in this for some time that we can start developing them and growing them and, and making it so that we, we tackle this long-term problem. Because I think a lot of people may think that Con IT is going to be done in a couple of years. People ask me all the time, well, when is Con IT going to be done? And, and my answer for that is, well, was the internet done when the hamster dance came on back in 1998? Definitely not. I mean, the, the people back in 1998 could never have imagined 
the things that you could do with the internet now where we have smart devices in our house and, and we have all these different, all these different things in social media or, or whatever it might be. The future is limitless with where we can go with, with the type of work that we do. And I think that we're going to go there because our trading partners, whether that's industry or whether it's uh, the other different agencies that are government agencies that, that use our data to pay out contracts or evaluate whether or not we uh, got what we, went on contract for whatever it might be, um, they're going to demand that that we continue to modernize. And so I don't see ConIT as just an endpoint. So strategically, I think that we have to develop the people, we have to develop the processes, we have to continue um, working towards the future and building out that vision of, of where we're going. And of course, we're going to adjust as the world adjusts as well. Because technology is just such a rapidly evolving thing. And our business is rapidly evolving. I mean, even since I got my warrant um, about 10 years ago, contracting has changed so much. I'd never heard of an OT when I went through my warrant board, but now it's something that is a major instrument that we're using. And so even just what we do functionally as a contracting profession is changing. And so of course, we're gonna have to modernize and change our systems and, and, and to account for all the challenges. and. And, you know, Dan had mentioned the other different partners that we have that are outside of contracting, whether that's the financial management community or the logistics community, or there's a number of others. Um, working with them is going to be a great opportunity for us to improve our business, but also challenging because they have a whole litany of different systems that do things in different ways. And they have their different regulations and different ways of handling things. So all this has got to coalesce. And uh, so it leaves me really excited for what we're doing and, and the future with this. And if anybody is excited about this with me and, and, and with the rest of us in PKN or SAP AQCI, um, come talk to us and we can certainly um, provide some mentorship and provide some advice. And, uh, and we, we want to continue to build out folks who, who are interested in this type of work and can do this type of work. And, uh, and, and, and I'll leave the, the stage with this one last thing is that this is just as much contracting as anything else I've ever done. Um, there's so much contracting that goes into my job that I have now um, and past few jobs, really, that, that I'm dissecting every single aspect of what we do and, and trying to wrap a system around it. So um, it, it is hugely contracting-esque. And, and that's exactly why we're building this out as a uh, as a shred, if you want to think of it that way, within contracting. All right. Well, I love that you're kind of making that sales pitch for contract data specialists. I think it's exciting because, you know, sometimes when you go into contracting, you think, okay, I have to go be a buyer and then a, a contracting officer, and that's kind of my career, and then I can go up to management. But, you know, having these other avenues of people that are interested in this, I think is great. And so I wanted to... Definitely. Yeah, yeah go ahead, Jay. Uh, and, and, yep. and I didn't mention, you know, this isn't just for the IT guys. This is this is for everybody. Uh, we're, we're opening up partnerships with policy. We're opening up partnerships with pricing. Um, last week had extensive conversations about some of our more difficult pricing arrangements, the contract types that we have and things like that. So even if a contract data specialist per se, everybody's a contract data specialist. And, and it's just that we are, we're building in more depth and, and beyond, um, you know, the, the, 
baseline knowledge that folks have to have to do this. But it, the data is where we're going and it's, it's part of everything we do. Yeah, I'd like to just echo that. I mean, e even within the headquarters building here, um, you know, data has been a focus now for, um, you know, for several years because everyone understands the importance. I mean, data drives decisions. And if you have bad data, um, your decisions may not be the best they could be. So um, everybody, every functional community, every two-letter here, at least in, within headquarters here, and I know the Pentagon, um, is trying to figure out how can we get better data, you know, certainly more accurate. How, how can we get it quicker? How can, you know, all those things so that they can make the decisions they need to make and they can pass those, you know, pass that data on to um, Congress and other, uh, you know, political leaders, certainly, so they can, they have a full picture and can make decisions uh, based on that. So, yeah, I mean, I just echo what Jay said. Um, this is something, you know, the contract data specialist has, has been created, the, the PDs are being created and have been created, um, just as a kind of as an acknowledgement that data is where we are all going and, and the reliance of that, and, and we need to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. and, and it's decision-making, but it's also for transacting, right? So, so if you think about the millions and millions of transactions that take place across the Air Force, Space Force, DOD, whatever level of the enterprise you want to look at it at, um, from us creating a purchase request to issuing a contract to having an acceptance report to having the, the payment made, I mean, that's just a few transactions that I just mentioned right there. Scale that to the millions. That all can't be done by hand. And it's not. That's, that's the beauty of what we're building out here with Con IT and, 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 and also Pi and, and the various other different things that come in there. Um, we can't handle manually the volume of business that, that we do. And so that's where all this automation comes in. So it's, it's decision making, but it's also transacting and, and, and having, um, having this data flow from one system to the next so that others don't have to have their jobs just to be the data entry. And it increases accuracy and, and, and timeliness and all the different things that David mentioned. Well, thank you both again to Dan and Jay for coming back on the podcast and sharing the adoption and transition ever, efforts for ConIT. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much, Amber. Appreciate it. If you have suggestions for topics or people to interview or feedback on the podcast, you can submit those at thecontractingexperience at gmail.com. I want to thank you all for listening to the Contracting Experience Podcast. Until next time, keep connecting to the world around you.